Hey friends, you're listening to the First Bites Baby Led Weaning and Beyond podcast. I'm your host, Hillary McMahon, an early childhood registered dietitian, mom, and your biggest cheerleader when it comes to gaining confidence around serving foods to your little one. If you're hoping to master baby led weaning and help your little one learn to eat successfully, then you're in the right place. I believe that every child may respond differently to food, but that all children have the ability to have a positive relationship with food when given the opportunity. Every week we'll explore practical tips to simplify the baby led weaning process, chat about how to navigate all your baby and toddler mealtime challenges, and help you find the right mindset and approach for your family so you can focus on actually enjoying the process and having fun with this. Let's dive in. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm doing somewhat of a different type of episode. I normally record with my microphone and edit the sound and edit the text. Um, today I'm editing with, I'm recording with my phone and I am not going to edit a thing. I am going to just let it go. It's kind of like, I don't know, like a, an, a raw unedited version of a podcast, which is real life for full context. I'm currently putting makeup on my face and getting ready for the day. Um, so yeah, just wanted to bring little snippets, you know, while I have thoughts in my head, while I'm thinking of things, I figured why not just hit record, right? Like, let's just talk about it now rather than wait for a full episode. Um, so today I just wanted to drop a few snippets for you, a few ideas and thoughts about the concept of mealtime pressure versus mealtime curiosity. And I talk about this a lot with families inside my First Foods Academy and especially Toddler Foods Academy courses and programs because there is a huge difference in pressure and curiosity when it comes to the table. The more we create curiosity and decrease the pressure, the better our child will do at the table. And pressure can look like a number of different things, right? It can look like forcing our child to eat by telling them, you know, you have to eat every last bite or you can't have more banana until you eat your chicken. That's pressure. Pressure can look like, sounds weird, but the idea of eating alone is pressure because it's not fun. It's uncomfortable. Um, And it can feel like if you, you know, if you're eating alone, Everyone's watching you, you know, like when you're sitting there staring at your baby or your toddler eat and you're not doing anything, you're just sitting there either on your phone or you're just watching them, like that is pressure, right? We want to do our best to eliminate or minimize that pressure so that mealtime becomes a little bit more, I don't know, comfortable, right? So I always like to equate feeding children to eating as as adults. If you think about if someone, if you were to sit down at a table by yourself and someone was to just sit there and stare at you eat while you had to eat your whole plate of something that you were unfamiliar with, well, let's back up a little bit. Let's say you, I'm just going to use, I don't know, shark and turnips. That's the weirdest combination I could think of, but... When you're a baby and you've never been exposed to food, all things are foreign, 
Okay, maybe you've had shark and turnips. I mean, and who would ever eat that combination together? I don't know, but I'm using it as just a random example. So my point here is, let's just say you were sitting down to have a meal of shark and turnips because someone was gonna serve it to you and they made it for you and you sat in a chair with straps on, with a bib on, in a weird freaking suit, right? A weird little outfit and you were strapped into that seat and you had the plate put in front of you and you had to eat with a stick and a hammer. I don't know, I'm just coming up with a really strange combination here. But let's say that was the scenario and you were like, how in the world do I do this, right? How do I eat shark and turnip that I've never had before, I've never seen before? How do I eat this with a stick and a hammer? Like (laughs) what even is happening? So. Not only that, but you're sitting down to do this and someone, the person who made it for you, decides that they're not going to partake with you. They're going to just sit there and stare at you while you eat it. Cool. Thanks. That sounds lovely. And then then you maybe want some, I don't know, some blueberries after that because that sounds more appealing to you. And that person that fed you told you you can't have any of the blueberries until you finish your shark and your turnips, which you decided you do not love because it's unfamiliar and not your favorite. I'm gonna stop there because the story is getting a little bit out of hand, but my point of this is basically to show you that creating these new situations for our toddlers and babies is very much pressury, and it creates a lot of internal stress for them if they're not feeling comfortable, right? So how could we maybe modify that situation with the shark and the turnip. Again, sorry, such a strange combination, but again, I'm spitballing here and just getting ready and talking. Um, But let's just say you decided that you were gonna go to someone's house and they told you they were serving you shark and turnip and they're like, have you ever had this before? No, I haven't, but I'd love to try it with you. Um, Okay, so then the person cooks it for you, they sit down and eat it with you, um, you've never eaten with a stick and a hammer before, but you watch how they do it and they teach you and things feel a little bit more comfortable. You're having a conversation while you eat. Um, you know, maybe there's a side of blueberries there too. And you decide to go back for a couple more because they're present on the table or they're allowing you to partake in those and you're eating together. So it's a little bit more fun. That is creating less pressure, right? Maybe you don't want to necessarily try the shark, but then the person tells you, oh, this is how I prepared it. I added this and this and this, and my shark is kind of soft. It's kind of like the texture of chicken, right? So they're giving you some tips and pointers to kind of make you more intrigued to try it. That is creating curiosity. And that's creating curiosity and comfortability at the table. And that's exactly what we wanna try to create for our children. Um, I know this story is really far-fetched, but I wanted to just throw it out there because I feel like it's a good visual or, yeah, I guess a visual, yeah, when we're thinking about what it would look like in an adult world for that to happen because we don't necessarily think about babies and toddlers as full-size humans, right? We don't think of them as, you know, when we think about them, we think about how we have to do things a certain way, but they're humans too and we want them to be comfortable. So my biggest takeaway for you today is not to eat shark and turnips together because that just would be weird. I've never had shark. I love turnip. Um, (laughs) But what I want to tell you is 
that the more you can do to make your child comfortable at the table, whether that be eating with them or presenting a familiar food with their unfamiliar foods or modeling how to use the fork and the spoon or allowing them to go back for seconds of something that makes them feel more comfortable or giving them the right type of high chair or seating arrangement. All of these things create a more comfortable environment for our child and allows them to want to eat. I was just talking with a family two days ago and their daughter is almost two and she's still in the high chair. And um, for some families that works great, but for this little girl, she was not about it. And if she was sitting in that high chair, she was throwing food. Well, you know what? She feels pressure in a way because she's strapped in that chair. She's not in a comfortable chair like her parents. And so I recommended adding a booster. Um, when I check back in with them, I'm really curious to find out if she's doing better because nine times out of 10, changing a seating arrangement is a huge, huge game changer, right? So again, I hope this episode is helpful. I know it's far-fetched, but hope that visual gives you a little bit of insight on what it can feel like for a baby or toddler who's unfamiliar with the concept of eating or maybe the food that's in front of them, what it's like for them to eat. So, okay, enjoy your day. I hope this was helpful and I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for being here. I hope you're leaving this episode with a little more knowledge and a lot more confidence. You know what? You can do this. You can successfully and excitably feed your little one. I'm so here for it and I'm here for you when you need me. If you liked this episode, be sure to follow and subscribe to the First Bites Baby Led Weeding and Beyond podcast so you don't miss a single episode. By subscribing, new weekly episodes will appear right in your saved episodes so you don't have to go searching for them. Your support helps my podcast grow in more ways than you know. Thank you so much. If you want even more feeding and mealtime goodness, head over to my website, nutritionmama.com or follow me on Instagram at nutrition.mama with two M's. Thanks for tuning in and I'll meet you back here next week. Me again. I wanted to talk about a super fun thing I'm doing on the podcast this month. If you've listened to previous episodes, you know how much I appreciate podcast reviews. Well, I'm going to do a little podcast review giveaway this month because I love reviews so much. So for the month of July, anyone who leaves a podcast review on Apple Podcasts will be entered into win a $50 gift card. I haven't decided where it's for yet, but some contenders are Starbucks, Amazon, Target, or my favorite baby and child feeding brand, Easy Peasy. All you have to do is head over to the main page for my podcast over on Apple Podcasts, scroll to the very bottom, and tap Write a Review. You can give a stars rating out of five stars, but I'll only be able to pull entries from those who leave a written review. Once your review is submitted, I'll be able to see them, and you'll be entered to win the giveaway. Simple as that. Reviews help podcasts to grow, and I'd love for this new young baby podcast to get in the downloads of so many more people. So your help on this is huge. So that $50 giveaway is my thank you. I'll be pulling winners after August 1st, so get your review in now before you forget. Thanks, friend.